This, I mean, Game 7 of the 97 World Series against the Marlins. The drive, the shot. Game 5 of the ALCS in 2007 against Boston. And then Brown-Steelers playoffs in 1994. And I was there in person for every one of those. And I tell people that. And they they just kind of look, you know, because you meet somebody and you start talking sports. And then you say, oh, you're a Cleveland sports fan. Okay. And then people realize, oh, you know, you give them that list and they're like, oh my gosh. They look at you, they almost like there's, oh, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. If you made a list of the most devastating sports moments of the last 30 years, you'd find a common thread. Cleveland teams disappointing again and again and again. The drive the shot, crushing seventh games. And Kevin was there for all of them. Welcome to Another Day in Cleveland, an audio tour of sports fan anguish narrated by a witness to some of the greatest disappointments in modern sports history. My friend, Kevin. Cleveland, the city, its heyday, its population peak was in somewhere around 1930 growing at its fastest sometime in, in the later part of the, ni- of the 19th century. Um, and it's kind of been all downhill from there. But, you know, like a lot of Rust Belt cities, it, it made, it's been making a slow comeback over the last kind of 10 to 20 years, maybe not even as fast as some of its neighbors. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways, Pittsburgh has, has done better. But Cleveland has always had sort of a complex about itself. <laughs> Um, as the underdog, as almost a, a bit of a failed state, um, it, it really was, right? Because it, it, it was, I mean... Right, if you're not from Cleveland, you know the river caught on fire. The river caught on fire. The mayor's hair caught on fire. Do you know the mayor's hair <laughs> no, catching on fire? Story? What is it? Mayor Perk in the early 70s, there's a couple of Mayor Perk stories. One of them, I don't even, I don't know what it was, but his hair caught on fire. I mean, he was the mayor. And he wasn't freebasing coke like Richard Pryor was. <laughs> That's why his and then Michael Jackson. What was Michael Jackson doing? He was Michael Jackson was filming a Pepsi commercial. Right. His hair caught on fire. Right. Yeah. Richard Pryor was freebasing coke on an airplane, and his hair caught on fire. And the Cleveland mayor was just being the Cleveland mayor. He just lived in Cleveland. He just lived in Cleveland, and shit like that happened. And so uh, that was that. The the river, obviously, everybody knows. The other thing about oh Mayor Perk when Nixon he was a Democratic mayor obviously in a, in a big city like Cleveland he um, Mayor Perk his, uh, his they were invited to the White House as, when Nixon was there as part of something I don't know what it was and his wife uh, threw ultimate shade at at the president and said she had it was her bowling night and so she couldn't go to the White <laughs> House you know kind of presaging all the people who are now turning down invitations to the White House for good reason. Um, Cleveland was an underdog. It was, and I, it, it, and that's that's still in the Cleveland DNA. And I have no doubt that the the litany of sporting failures, failures of the Cleveland sports teams, especially when the city was near its kind of nadir in the eighties, um, contributed to that, and it contributed to the way that Clevelanders think about themselves and think about their city. I made a list 
Because I, yeah, because I'm again, I'm I'm glutton for punishment. I, I like to kind of reveling in the anguish. I make I make a list. I made a list of the kind of the worst, you know, the top ten, the top five worst sports moments that I've witnessed. And it's I mean, again, it's 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 things that are in the firmament, like the drive. I mean, everybody's heard of the drive. John Elway, the drive, the shot. Michael Jordan, the shot. People know that the Indians lost. You know, Jose Mesa blowing the save. Baseball fans know about that. Then when I on the flip side, when I do like. You know the top my top moments that I've best moments that I've seen. It's very you know it's it's much smaller potatoes. It's things that I maybe were were more personal or you know things that were fun, but nothing that you know kind of led to anything anything profound. So theme is the almost. These are the almost moments, right? It, it is. It's almost moments, and it's it's about it's teams. Then in retrospect, we're really good. I mean, that 86, the mid-80s Cleveland Browns, they were uh, they were certainly good enough to go to the Super Bowl. They were a really good team. They were, I mean, we look at what the Browns have been in the 20 years since they came back. They, they're, they're quite literally an embarrassment to the city and to everyone involved. Um, they've debased themselves. That, that you know, the, the Browns in the 80s were very good and they were on the precipice of, of going to the Super Bowl, they could have won. They were a championship level team that did great things. They just came so close and they did so in, in such agonizing fashion. When, when, when we think about the drive, I mean, you need a little bit of background, right? I mean, the drive is, is one of the ones that's in, in the Cleveland sports lore, but I mean, this is, it, it's it's hard to to remember. This is thirty years ago now, right? I mean, over the last since the Browns went to Baltimore and then came back, they've become this sort of national. They've become a punchline, right? I mean, and especially now when they they lose all the games they play, they're. I mean, they really are just kind of an embarrassment. But but it wasn't always that way, and. Back in the mid '80s, you know, we, before we had kind of been beaten down by everything, they were actually a really good team. Um, and I mean, the the story of the kind of the mid '80s Browns is actually, you know, kind of really, really inspiring, and and I, I think is uh, was was pretty exciting for the city, and and it, it caught the city before this really was before we became the lovable losers, right? We weren't really, you know, we, we, we weren't what we eventually became. And, and the drive was part of, part of that was part of getting to, to that, to that kind of downtrodden. So, so because the past is never really past the coach then was, well, the coach then actually, uh, I, the coach then actually was Marty Schottenheimer. Belichick came later. Okay, that, that's kind of that's kind of another story. But it was Marty Schottenheimer. It was Marty. I mean, Marty. This was Marty's first big job. Marty went on to to be famous for kind of coming up short at a lot of different at a lot of different jobs. He came up. He then went to the Chiefs, came up short. Went to the Char- San Diego Chargers and, and came up short. But his his first his first time of coming up short was was with the Browns in the mid 80s but what was exciting about the Browns was their their savior was this quarterback 
this you know the original local boy done good we talk about lebron right i mean lebron is the kid from akron who came to cleveland and and saved the franchise well bernie bernie kosar was the kid from boardman ohio outside youngstown who came to the who went to university of miami and then came to cleveland and brought that franchise back so he was only i think in his second year in 1986 he was in his second year in 86 when they went to the AFC championship game and I'll I'll remember where I was until the end of time I was I was in the upper deck on you know the south side of the stadium uh the Browns side of the stadium so you know there was the Beng the the Broncos side the away side and the Brown side I was not with my dad I don't remember where my dad was sitting but I remember I was with my uncle uncle Bob um in the upper deck with uncle Bob and I I also remember for some reason my dad had a connection and if they won this game, they went to the Super Bowl and he was going to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like this was Super Bowl 21. He was going to, he, he had, he was going to be going. Like if they somehow won the, he was going to go to the Super Bowl and watch the Browns playing the Super Bowl. I don't remember exactly what that was. I'll have to ask him, but he was going to go and, you know, kind of, it was kind of a back and forth game. And with about five minutes to go, Bernie, who they were, you know, Bernie, they're, they're literally writing songs to Bernie and playing them on the radio. Right. I mean, Bernie was, this was, this was still in a hopeful time for Cleveland. It was, it was a, it was a simpler, more. People were not sarcastic when they talked about sidearm. They were not, they were, they were, they were not. And they were, they were composing songs to Bernie Kosar and putting, playing them on the radio. Bernie, Bernie. Oh yeah. Super Bowl. To burn, you know, like to Louis Louis. We're gonna go. It was Bernie Bernie, um, and he he, I was uh, he throws this pass about five minutes to go. The game is tied. He throws a pass down downfield to Brian Brennan, another a white wide white wide receiver out of Boston College. He comes back, catches the ball, jukes the defender, and runs around him into the end zone where the Browns take a seven point lead with a, with you know under five minutes to go. And we're going to the Super Bowl. I remember it to the to, till I'll remember it forever. I'm high fiving people. I'm nine years old. I'm wearing. <laughs> I had. I remember. I had a little. I had dog ears on. I had. I was wearing like a dog outfit because they were the dogs. Yeah, the I'm dog wear, pound. The, the original dog, dog pound. pound. I'm wearing the dogs as a little kid. I'm high fiving adults around me. D-A-W-G. I'm there with Uncle Bob. We're going to the Super Bowl, and then. You know, Elway drives the length of the field. But what I, what's interesting is what you remember about those games. It's known as the drive now. I don't think of it as a drive. I just remember, okay, that the people, the drive that only tied the game. They went to overtime, and then the Browns got the ball in overtime, sudden death overtime. The Browns won the toss and got the ball, and then our man Bernie Kosar from Boardman, Ohio, threw an interception. On the first possession of overtime, Broncos get the ball, get in the field goal range. The other thing I'll always remember, and and Clevelanders of a certain age will remember, the field goal, the winning field goal that Broncos kicked, it looked, it went right over the upright. And a lot of people thought it was that he missed it. Uh, It looked like it might have been wide, but for whatever, you know. 
they said it was good. <laughs> and so, and so that's the way I think of it. I is, mean, is NFL the field films, goal. there's got to be lots of tape of that. What does it look like in retrospect? I've looked at it. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Look at the kick. I mean, boy, it's close. It looks like it goes right over that upright. I mean, the guys standing underneath the referees, they're professionals. He probably made it, but boy, it was close. But I always think of it as he missed the field goal, but then it became the drive because mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, talk about the drive for a minute. Browns score the winning touchdown, go or the go ahead touchdown, go up by seven. The Browns kick off the ball. The Broncos screw it up. The Broncos like are are fumbling the kickoff. They they can't pick up the ball, and they pick up the ball at like their own two yard line. And the Browns are there and tackle them, and that's what makes the drive so amazing. It's not that he went there and tied the game. It's that they started from the two, and then he keeps converting and converting and going down the field. They never hit a fourth down, did they? Right, but that was. I mean, that really was. That was the one that 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 was the the inciting incident was was the drive, because the Browns were good. I mean, they had a good team, and the the Broncos they weren't even that good. They went to the, they went and they got crushed by the Giants. I, I I think the Brown the Browns were the better team. They just got they got beat by the Broncos and by Elway that day. But um, that was kind of the beginning. That was the first one. I was nine, and I don't know. I mean, in retrospect. I'm not even sure what I was doing there. It was probably my second or third Browns game ever. But but there I was, and I remember the ears. I remember the ears, the dog ears. Um, and I remember being there. But, but it wasn't that bad at the time because I was little and they were going to be back. You know, that was just step one on the journey, really. Thanks for listening to Another Day in Cleveland. We're excited to improve the quality of our podcast and to bring more great stories about the city of Cleveland and Cleveland sports to you. Kevin has a few corrections that he'd like to share about the stories that he told today. So please listen on and be sure to subscribe so that you can be the first to know when we've got another episode to share. Hey, it's Kevin. Um, wanted to make a couple quick uh, corrections for episode one. You know, sometimes I, I say things and uh, I'm pretty sure that they're true, but uh, sometimes they're not. Um, one is I mentioned that uh, Ralph Perk, the mayor of Cleveland, I, I said that he was a Democratic mayor. He actually was a Republican, which actually I think is makes it more interesting that his wife turned down an invitation to the to the White House. That's actually kind of even throws more shade at Nixon. Um, but yeah, he was he was a Republican, in fact. And uh, number two, um, I said in in the uh, '86 AFC Championship game, I said that um, uh, I was correct that the Browns did win the toss and get the ball first in overtime. But I said that that uh, Bernie threw an interception. Actually, no, they went three and out. Uh, he did throw two interceptions in the game, but not in uh, in that in not in the overtime. So, uh, sorry about that. But uh, thanks for listening and enjoy uh, episode two.